0: Welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you influence how people remember you. I'll also be interviewing Neil Gordon, who helps influencers create such electrifying speeches that people swarm them with opportunities after they speak. Today, he shares his wisdom and ways to use effective language and communication to help you influence the people around you. For more information about Neil, please visit neilcanhelp.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on this same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturday at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name James Miller Lifeology or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. Are you struggling to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes? Then contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well and then we will look at the areas in which you're struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Influencing others. When you look at your peer group, do you have certain names for people? In other words, they're the gossiper. They're the kind one. They're the funny one. They're the really smart one. We all create different labels for people, whether we mean to or not. Let's say you have a conversation with your friends, and you're the first to leave that conversation. What do you think the debrief is that your friends have about you? What do you think they say? Now, of course, they're your friends, so they're going to love you and care about you. But really think about that. Every single time we talk to someone or interact with somebody, we create a snapshot for them. In other words, when they review in their mind what was said or what happened, they will remember it based off of the major takeaways from that conversation. In other words, the most relevant things that happened. When you're at the grocery store and you're in the checkout line, what is your interaction like? What takeaways do you think people have from you? My point in saying that is anytime we interact with people, we have the opportunity to influence that conversation. We have the opportunity to bring joy, to bring a smile to someone's face, or we can be argumentative and combative, which causes us to be in a bad mood. and unfortunately changes the dynamic of that conversation or that situation. Many people don't realize that we are all leaders in some way. When you interact with somebody, the word choices you use, the facial expressions you have, the body language you demonstrate, all of that creates how people understand what you're saying. If I'm telling somebody that I love them, but I'm screaming it at them, it probably doesn't mean the same thing. Should I say it in a more endearing way? So today's lesson is very simple. Anytime you interact with people, whether you say anything or not, be mindful of how you present yourself. Be mindful of the interactions you have. If you want to be really proactive, what you can do is if you know you're going to talk to somebody, reverse engineer it. And what I mean by that is this. Think of how you want to feel after the conversation is over. And once you can pinpoint that in your mind, then everything you do when you speak to them goes towards that objective. In other words, moves you closer to that goal so you do feel a certain way or you can create an objective for how you want the other person to experience the conversation with you. We can't tell people what to feel or what to think, but the word choices you use influence others. So today, as you interact with others, be mindful and thoughtful of how you're influencing the conversation. The more often you do this, the more successful you'll be in life. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Neil Gordon helps influencers to create such electrifying speeches that people swarm them with opportunities after they speak. Though he earned a 330 verbal score the first time he took the SATs, he eventually joined the editorial staff of Penguin, where he worked with New York Times best-selling authors. Today, he shares his wisdom and ways to use effective language and communication to help you influence the people around you. Welcome to my show, Neil.
1: Thank you, James. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I love the part of your intro when it talks about how low your SAT score was. And now look at you. You are (laughs) one of the most well-known people to help people create their speeches as well. That's hysterical. I'm, I'm glad you think so.
1: Getting a 330 <laughs> verbal score at, at the age of 16 wasn't quite as funny to me at
0: the time. But oh my now God, I can, can look imagine. back and laugh. <laughs> that is really funny. You took your SATs and all of a sudden you're in university and then things just changed for you. How did you fall into becoming one of these most effective uh, communicators? Well,
1: to to give a little context, James, I did start off as a pretty precocious kid. Uh And when I was in first grade, I was scored in the 99th percentile for reading comprehension, which is basically as high as you can go. And then my dad likes to tell the story that when I was in second grade and got my first book report, I then hated reading from then on. (laughs) And then just everything just went downhill from there. And by high school, my brain had turned to mush. And I got that famously low SAT score. <laughs> I got it a little higher before I graduated from high school. And I got through college without ever reading anything. I still had a 3.5 GPA. Wow. By end. And I moved to New York City right after college uh-huh. and was kind of overwhelmed by how crowded and dirty and muggy the whole city was and i was on the subways not liking life so much so i needed an escape and i just started reading novels hmm. and one particular novel is a prayer for Owen meaning by john irving and it i had this hollywood ending way of looking at the world because of having watched a lot of movies growing up uh-huh. and that book doesn't have a hollywood everyone's happy in the end type of ending. And it so blew my mind that I went into this really dark, pensive, angsty, what's it all mean kind of thing. Oh, an
0: existential vacuum.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ex- oh, the existential vacuum is a perfect way to say it, James. And so, That's but I was so blown away that the written word could have such a huge impact yes. on me that I spent a couple of years analyzing everything I could read. And a couple of years later, I got the gig at Penguin. Wow. You yeah. know, it's,
0: it's really fascinating to me. And I, I love to always point these these times out in our life is some random event happens and all of a sudden it literally launches us into a different direction or opens a door that we weren't even expecting to be open. So this, this writer reading this book all of a sudden, you know, caused you to have that, like, why am I here? What is going on? So that was really yeah. cool.
1: It was actually a, it was a horribly cliched way to live my twenties, but I got a career out of it. So that's not so bad.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, how was it working at Penguin? I mean, that just for those of you who may not know, that's one of the top publishing houses in in the world. How was that for you? I mean, that's such a uh, wow. I mean, that's just an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. I had a dead end job
1: at Penguin in the children's book division just because I had been unemployed for a while and I needed something to do. And I got this job and they started this mentoring program about six months after I got the job where they would match entry level people with executives in other areas of the company. And they happened to match me with a VP editorial director of one of the most successful divisions in the adult half of the company. And We just started talking about books and he loved the conversation so much. He started showing me unpublished, unedited manuscripts and I started giving him feedback. And when his assistant left, he just hired me. And my gosh, yeah, it was such a great way to get my foot in the door because it was such a substantive connection already.
0: Wow. And
1: then I get the job and it's just kind of funny how it worked out. I was, he, he just became my boss at that point and he needed me to copy things and print things out. And I still, he still gave me a lot of amazing opportunities. And it was him who got me to think more about nonfiction than fiction, which put me on the path that I'm on now. But it was also this bizarre enmeshing of administrative stuff that really was just like administrative stuff at any other industry Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and also this fascinating work of trying to figure out what makes a book marketable and sellable and how do you put content together and stuff so there was always that dichotomy going on.
0: Wow. That is so neat. You know, and, and just obviously that experience has a lot allowed you to be the person you are today as well. But you know, that's, that's, I guess just jump over into that as, as you help people create their speeches, their keynote speeches, and just really help them be marketable or audible. What do you find is one of the most difficult or maybe not even difficult? What do you think is one of the biggest mistakes most people make?
1: You know, it's a great question, James, and I'm really happy to have a very specific answer to that. Uh-huh. Just about every single client who's ever come to me to help with their speaking and to help influence others from the stage and get people to come up to them afterwards with their business cards and all that. What they all think they need to do to get that kind of outcome and to truly have an impact on their audience is is to provide as much. Good information as they can. Mm-hmm. They think that oh, I just need to give them a lot of good information, a lot of tips, or five steps for this, or their acronym for that, or
0: <laughs> some sort of thing. Lots of acronyms so, out
1: there in the yeah. public speaking world, <laughs> and they all think that the more information they provide, the more value they're providing. And the truth is, is that that's not what an audience actually needs. Really? It's certainly not the thing that people are going to come up to them with their business card afterwards to get more of.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting.
1: It, it's right. I mean, it goes against what you would think would be the thing. It's like everyone's always about, oh, we just need to give them good information.
0: Yeah, so, like I'm the expert, so obviously people want to get to know me.
1: <laughs> right. They want they want as much information as they can get. Yeah. But think about this in the context of a live event. People are in an audience, they're watching a speaker for maybe 20, 30, 45 minutes, however long it is. How many of them walked through the door? Let me back up actually. How many of them got up that morning, got up, trudged to the bathroom to wash their face, to do their thing, thinking about how much more information they need Um, in their life. Good point. How many people are waking up in the morning – and thinking, Oh, I really need some tips today. I really need a five step process for doing this or that. They're not, they're thinking about how they need more clients or they need more followers or in their personal life, how their kids are struggling at school or how they just had a fight with their spouse the night before or any number of real life problems that they are desperate to solve. And so the mistake that these speakers typically make is that they get up there and provide information, but really what they need to provide is a possibility of change, a possibility mm-hmm. that that problem will no longer
0: haunt them. I guess if I were to re- reframe that, so it's not necessarily the what they can offer, but they offer them the ability for the person to fill in the blank with how that change would be.
1: Right. I mean, sometimes it's going to be filling in the blank. Ultimately and we're not talking so much about writing a book mm-hmm. and we're not talking about a five day intensive sure. or a full retreat or something like that. When we're talking about speaking again for 20, 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is, what they ultimately need is that sense of hope, that sense of possibility, mm. that belief that change is possible for them as a result of what the speaker has just said, because then they can take further steps.
0: Ah, uh, I see. And then this they want to contact us yes.
1: because, Exactly. And that's the thing. And it's not a slick marketing kind of thing. It's not a manipulative kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually giving them legitimate value that they get it and they don't need to even work with you to exercise or make that value action. They just need to feel it in themselves that they can do this because, and I'm sure you relate to this and you've spoken to many people who say something along these lines. Our own actions are going to be the thing that defines yes. our outcomes more so than anything yeah. else.
0: And, you know, the other thing as well is, you know, a TV that I do or radio, all that when you're a public figure and you're doing something like like we're doing right now, you want to create an emotional experience for that person because that is yeah. what people will remember. Was it Maya Angelou said, people may not remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. I know I told totally exactly. you that, but that is essentially what what I, I hear you talking about as well. You're creating an emotional experience for them um, on to some level to be able to take take the next steps. And I think that's really powerful because if people are to information overload, then half the time they're not going to retain the majority of that anyway, but mm-hmm. they will remember what they feel while they're listening to you.
1: Absolutely. And, and the information overload is also particularly poignant when we think about how many of us go to conferences where we might see a keynote speech and then have three breakout sessions and then have a, this session and that, and over the course of a whole day, we might've listened to (laughs) six or seven people. And if each of those six or seven people are then providing six or seven actionable steps or tips, then we've basically gotten around 50 different things that we Mm -hmm. need to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Whereas if that one speaker just had that one idea, to yeah. plant a seed in the audience's mind they're Oh, that was the person who did. Oh yeah. I love that idea. I'm mm. going to go and do this when I get home kind of thing. That's that possibility.
0: Yeah. And so in some ways, would it also be like a speaker? They want to, what's the, the emotional objective I want my listeners to, to experience. And so maybe to have not only information objective, but also the experiential part of it, because once they can craft that in their speech writing, I mean, you're the expert here, not me. But if they're able to craft it in that, then that is, once again, that experiential part that people will really remember. Right.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because, again, a person like you or like me or whoever is on stage could get up there and even say what I've said to you in our conversation today. And it's a nice idea, mm-hmm. but again, when if we had like a thirty, if we had thirty minutes in front of a group of people, why wouldn't we then create an experience in that thirty minutes mm. that not only gives them some information but captures their emotional experience in a way that, when you finally reveal something truly powerful, they're completely primed to experience yes. it. Yeah, I mean, we 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 think about this. Um, the Avengers End Game box office numbers just shattered like every record. I mean, this thing just yes. was a giant. And we think about how last year they had this enormous cliffhanger where all of these characters we've been falling in love mm. with in Marvel Cinematic Universe for like a decade.
0: Yeah.
1: We're were all we're all falling apart and everything. Like literally. That. So <laughs> yeah, they, they're turning to dust. And so everyone was chomping at the bit for seeing how this thing Resolved itself and rewarded the producers with billions of dollars in box office receipts. Yes. Yeah. But a speaker will often get up there and diffuse all of the tension right at the beginning with learning objectives at the beginning. And here's what I'm going to talk about with you today. And what if we borrowed from the book of Hollywood and created a mystery at the beginning of our talk mm. and built tension and built the experience to your point that we then build to a climax. And then they have this aha moment, maybe 20 minutes into the speech or something like that. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. And that just, they start to feel chills and mm. they have the aha light bulb kind of moment. Wow. You give them a little bit of action to to take at the end. And then they're just off to the races.
0: You know, And hearing that, I mean, just as, as you just created that that um, example I mean for, for me as someone who has a very, very vivid imagination I automatically was enthralled with that. I'm like oh yeah I could do this or I could do that or how would that be for me and it's it's great I mean obviously it, it it works but I do think that so many people are once again it goes back to the information as as presenters or just people in general just talking like if, if you don't create a message that's truly audible on an emotional standpoint it's it's going to be pretty, pretty much lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like to encourage my people to find that interplay between being emotionally compelling Mm -hmm. and also intellectually justified. Sure. So it's not just raw emotion the entire time. You're also inserting the right kind of statistics or information. Some of my clients mistakenly think I'm actually against information and I'm really not. It's just a matter of using it strategically so that if you really create that emotionally heightened moment and then substantiate it with some sort of statistic or facts or examples or something like that it becomes this interplay between oh what is that and oh i get it now Hmm. and and i believe that that's true and so it, it becomes rather nuanced in the end, but tremendously effective when we get it right.
0: When we think of ourselves, you know, the spirit, mind and body or the id, ego, super ego, however you want to think of it. When we think of it in that respect of what you're just saying, we're playing on all of those three facets. And so that is how we yeah. have an embodied experience by really incorporating those elements. And that's why people will remember who you are. Exactly. From a very practical standpoint, how can people be more effective in just their conversations?
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And I like to coach people when they're going to, let's say, a networking event. Uh And what we typically think is the appropriate way to answer the question, what is it you do, is just to describe what we do. Mm -hmm. And for the braver and more ambitious among my clients, I like to encourage them to first set up not just what they do, mm-hmm. but first establish the problem that their work ultimately solves and oh, okay. potentially could be something that the person we're speaking with would relate to on some level Okay, and set up that problem and even agitate the problem by saying we typically try to do this or that and it doesn't work. So what I do is blah, 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 blah. And there are even some techniques that I use to help to explain mm. that we don't just explain what we do, but also what the underlying secret sauce for what we do is.
0: Which sets you apart. Right.
1: And also create that sense of belief and possibility mm-hmm. in, oh, I could see how that could work for me. Yeah. And so, for example, if you are a fitness trainer, mm. like a personal trainer, yeah. and someone asks, what do you do? You say, oh, I'm a, per- I'm a personal trainer, and I, I work with clients and I teach at the gym and stuff. But what if you said a lot of people struggle to create the kind of discipline needed to build a habit out of their workout routine? And they often try to go to the gym and they take classes and how many different gym memberships fall by the wayside because people just can't keep it together. But what I've found is the most effective way to be disciplined in a workout routine is to blank. And so I, as a personal trainer, I help people to find that in themselves and then completely transform their body as a result. Wow. Right? Yeah, that's totally different. People are most (laughs) likely to embrace a solution when it's presented in the context of the problem it solves.
0: And once again, as I said earlier, that sets you apart. And most people are going to remember that when they get 100 business cards.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's like, Oh, I really want to talk to that person again. It's funny when you insert that, that silver bullet secret sauce kind of statement too. I've done that in networking events and I can't even finish my little elevator speech because (laughs) the idea so completely captures their imagination that they just start talking about it. And I'm like, I've done my job though, because I've, I've been the person who's planted that seed.
0: Yeah. Well, what would you say the number one, I guess, turnoff is for most people in the conversation?
1: The number one turnoff in the conversation when, when they're at a networking event like this. Sure. Or just in
0: general that most people have.
1: Yeah. I find that.
0: Totally putting you on the spot here.
1: <laughs> oh, of course. No, I find that. I know I'm turned off and I think a lot of people relate to this as well. When someone gets really technical in their terminology. Mm-hmm. And they start getting into business speak if they're an entrepreneur, and they start using all of their acronyms and, <laughs> the, jargon. and yeah. the jargon, exactly. Yeah. That's I'd say that jargon is probably the most pervasive issue in how people tend to communicate one-on-one.
0: We, I would really uh, let me piggyback off that as well. I know in the self-help world, and there's nothing wrong with this because it's it's a it's it's appropriate at times. But sometimes in the self-help world people say certain things and I'm like, I have no idea what you just said and be, because the jargon is so, mm-hmm. I just don't get it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I sometimes I'm like, okay, well, thank you. Thank you for your conversation. <laughs> but I just don't get it. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what you said, but thank you. But you know, that sometimes it is like that. And I do think that when people essentially just don't read the room, if you're not reading that people's eyes are glazed over or that people really aren't paying attention, obviously you've not understood the people that, with whom you're speaking. And so I, I think it just goes back to, the interpersonal aspect of just read the room. Look at the people you're talking to. If they're not, if they're not even paying attention, then you should probably word things a little bit different. Because if they're not even in your field, they're gonna have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Right. Absolutely. And and reading the room is a very good note to have. And especially like, like I just provided a little framework for how you might give a little elevator speech, but that doesn't necessarily even mean you want to be, I am talking now. And this is exactly, these are the four points I'm going to say, cause yeah. <laughs> I heard about it on lifeology the other day. No, it's like you, if you're setting up the problem, it's like, do you know how, when you're, how hard it is to stay disciplined, to do your workout yeah. If the person says, no, that's not my problem at all. I'm completely disciplined and I have no idea what you're talking about. Then it's probably a good idea not to continue <laughs> with your little elevator speech. So you might want to, when you're, you're getting into, oh, this is my elevator speech. Yeah. You might want to have a little bit of, remember that you're both human beings and check in with them. You mm-hmm. know how this, oh yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, totally. And then when blah, 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 blah. Yeah, totally. I totally know what you're talking about. And then maybe you have some room to get into speech mode, but remember it's a conversation.
0: Yes. And a two-way conversation, be exactly. I've had people on here before and they start talking as if I'm introducing them to give their, their keynote speech. And so I'll sometimes try and interject. <laughs> and I'm like, um, just, just a second here, let's go off, off, off air for a second. You know, when this is a conversation. It's not a presentation. So yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> and exactly. they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's totally fine, but, but it is kind of funny when people forget what the purpose is of a conversation.
1: We really are all in love with our own stuff, right? We really are. We've spent a lifetime, an entire career developing our expertise, our oh, knowledge. Gosh. And so why wouldn't we want to share it with
0: everyone? And why doesn't everybody want to know it?
1: Why doesn't everyone want to know it? And it's just a matter of lovingly crafting an experience for them so they're more open to it, but also knowing that sometimes there's just a little bit of give and take that's necessary to to get both people to where they both want to be
0: in a moment. Yes, exactly. Well, Unfortunately, our time is up. I can't believe it. The 20 minutes flew by. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, to work with you and to learn all the amazing techniques that you have, where would they find this information online?
1: Sure. My website is neilcanhelp.com, N-E-I-L. And you can also, if you want to check out a specific training I have on a particular technique, that secret sauce thing I was talking about, you can go to neilcanhelp.com forward slash silver bullet. And that will teach you a little bit more about that technique in particular.
0: Awesome. Well, my listeners also know that if you are not able to find your website at all, just simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv. Neil Gordon, thank you so much for being an awesome guest on my show. today. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much, James. I had
0: a great time as well. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap